Northview Church, developing a culture of loving Christ and serving others. that you're here, that we can celebrate Easter uh, together. It is a fun day to uh, be alive because Jesus is alive. I want to say that yesterday was a lot of fun at our Easter candy hunt. It was so much fun. Every year it just gets better and better. And I want to say a special thank you uh, to John and December Cope and Troy and Tina who have put that on. And Everyone who showed up, whether you were participating and, and serving the community, community, which is a big, big core belief of ours, is that, hey, Jesus came to serve, and so, hey, that should be the mission of the church is to serve, and we did that, and we, the, the, the gospel was just presented through love and an invitation that said, hey, you know, we are here if you ever need us, and it was so much, so much fun to have the baby animals there. It was distracting for me, I got to tell you. The, these little baby animals... Uh, took me away from the job duties that I was doing just to go hold this little baby lamb. I had never done that before, and this lamb was like 10 days old, and it was literally like this, and I passed him off to James, and James held him. I got a picture. I didn't, I'm not going to put it on the screen, but it's, it, it, this lamb is like nibbling on his ear. It was the cutest thing ever. Uh, we just had a phenomenal turnout from our community, probably the largest that we had. I would, I would say we had right around uh, 1,500 people show up for that. And, and it was fun to just come together for the community. I want to shout something out uh, just to the influence that you're making. Um, one of the things that we have said all, all along is, if our church doors were to ever close, would the community notice? And that's a desire that the community knows that we're here for them. And they're the community is beginning to jump on board with what um, some of the events that we do in our community. Uh, Staker Parsons, they donated $700 towards the event that we put on yesterday. We had uh, Coles that, that gave $1,000 and also provided some uh, man uh, power. We had the Brahma group who gave $500 or $300 for uh, donating to candy. Uh, we had another group uh, that, that just came in and kind of helped. They say, hey, they're doing something that we want to be a part of. Now, that's influence. And uh, I just want to say thank you for all of you who are spreading the influence where the community is saying they have something valuable that we want to be a part of. So uh, God is just doing some amazing things, and I'm so thankful that we get to do that together. Before we uh, start our Easter message today, I want to just open us open it up in prayer and just let God do what he does best and how Holy Spirit speaks to all of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the resurrection that we get to identify with through your son Jesus. The power of a new life, the power and victory over death and sin that you, you have provided for us. We thank you that in the power of the resurrection, we can come freely and boldly into your presence where all grace and forgiveness is provided. We thank you for being our Savior and our friend. In Jesus' name, amen. An Illinois man left Chicago for a vacation in Florida. 
His wife was on a business trip and was planning to meet him the next day. And when he reached his hotel, he decided to send his wife a quick email. Unfortunately, he missed one letter in the address box, and his note was directed instead to an elderly preacher's wife whose husband had passed away only the day before. And when the grieving widow checked her email, she took one look at the monitor, let out a piercing scream, and fell dead to the floor. And at the sound, her family ran into the room and saw this note on the screen, which read, Dearest wife, just got checked in. Everything is prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Your loving husband. P.S. Sure is hot down here. What could be more remarkable news from the other side of death? Easter is that astonishing news and more. Not by an email message, not by a voicemail, not by a meme, but a living message. Not from man, but from God. Not from hell, but from heaven. It's not pretend, it's not fantasized, it's not made up, nor is it fake news. It is the good news. Today is Easter Sunday. More appropriately, we like to call it Resurrection Sunday. We are here to celebrate the defining moment where the stone that was meant to conceal the power and the love of God was broken and released and rolled away to release the full power of His hope back into your life. Today we celebrate the power of His blood, His authority over death, and your victory in Jesus. Today we celebrate Jesus Yeshua, the King of Kings, the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah, the Light of the World, the Lord of All, the Master, Messiah, Mighty One, the One who sets free. It's your hope, the Prince of Peace, the firm foundation, the cornerstone, the solid rock, the, the risen Lord, the servant of, of, of all, and your Savior, the spring of living water, the supreme Son of God, the, your friend, the door, the gate, the word, the vine, the sheep that was led to slaughter, the way, the truth, and the life, the victorious King, the wonderful Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Redeemer, He is A to Z, the Alpha, the Omega, Jesus, your risen Lord. Amen? Your resurrected Savior, the hope of all mankind. Nudge someone and say, your hope. Nudge someone else and say, your hope. Because of him, you have hope. Because of him, we're here and we celebrate hope that acts like an anchor to the soul. That gives us strength. That allows us to rise each day and face the uncertainties of life. And in the midst of our losses and defeats, we have an anchor in our soul with, that anchors us to a divine confidence. I want to speak about the Easter message today from the eyes and the perspective of one individual who met Jesus at the tomb. And it's a woman, and her name is Mary Magdalene. I want to read the passage of Scripture, and this is a weighty Scripture, it has a lot of meat to this, and we could dive into this for 
a very long time, and I want to highlight some key principles of this amazing story of the resurrection and a woman named Mary. And it comes from John chapter 20. John chapter 20, starting with verse 11. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angel asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there, and it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought she was, or she thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him for you. Mary, Jesus said, and she turned to him and cried out, Rabbi, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, and I, I have seen the Lord, and then she gave them his message. The story doesn't begin in the light of day. In fact, it begins in the dark before the dawn. A place that's far less clear, yet far more personal, where Jesus met her in the dark. It begins with an individual, Easter. The story begins with a woman, Mary. And what's Perhaps the most fascinating thing about and encouraging what God chooses to do through all great events in history is that he chooses to focus his story, his message, and delivers it to ordinary individuals. And Mary is certainly not extraordinary, and, and she wouldn't be the one who I would choose to send the first message of my risen son or my story to share the wonderful news that Jesus really is who he says he is. He didn't do what I would have done. He didn't appear. Jesus didn't appear to the religious leaders and shake his finger at them and say, I told you. He, he didn't appear to the Roman soldiers and say, who's king now? He didn't do that. He made his first interaction with humanity after the, the resurrection in a, to a woman in a male-dominated culture, which meant she was second-class citizen with very little rights or influence. She wasn't a religious person. She wasn't a prophet. She wasn't a teacher. She wasn't a disciple. She was just a normal woman who had an encounter with Jesus before. And when Mary met Jesus, her life had been far from perfect. She had her fair share of problems. In fact, she had many problems. She had seven demons operating in her soul when she had that encounter with Jesus. Controlled her life, influenced her. It was dark. No one could help her except for Jesus. Through the power 
of him, his name, the demons fled. Sometimes the most oppressive powers aren't just cultural right, or political, but they're internal. Sometimes the most oppressive powers are spiritual. Sometimes the darkest places are inside of us. And this was her life when the presence of Jesus was proved more powerful than the powers around her and in her. And Jesus saw in her soul and cast those demons out, and he had done something for her that she would never, ever forget. Jesus had delivered her from a dark place. Jesus had given her hope where there was desperation. And it's her story that's crucial because she's the first one to really meet Jesus. She's the first one where the message comes of hope. It was Mary who was at the tomb. And with the backstory of Mary Magdalene and all the history that she has and what she's been delivered of and the heartache and the trouble and the despair and the loneliness and the grip of, 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 of Satan in her life, she comes to meet Jesus because of love and de- devotion, but also back into a place of darkness. What would her life be like now that Jesus is dead? Was there fear now that Jesus was dead? Would the demons come back? Was there doubt? What, was, what Jesus did for me, was that real? The question of, who is Jesus? And yet she pursued and continued to go find him in the dark. Not just the darkness of the sky, but the black shadows of her soul. The death of Jesus meant the death of her hope, the death of her joy, the death of expectations. Facing uncertainty, confusion, loss, and desperate for answers, just like the disciples. But she came to the tomb. And when she got there, he was gone. And the world without him was dark. And it was dark around her and dark within her. And the Easter message begins there. Where life on this earth finds us all. In a world that's not always beautiful. A world that's not always safe and satisfying. In a world where love proves itself to fail and is fragile and full of disappointments. It's a world where people leave us far too soon. It's, it's there in those dark moments that Jesus meets us all. This is the power and this is where Easter enters the world. The power of the resurrection is about the love of God that is so deep that it can be found in the middle of the darkness. Where hope can appear in an inaccessible, inaccessible, buried so deep, the hope that seems dead. And when Mary comes to the tomb, Jesus isn't there. She's looking to find some remnant of Jesus, just his corpse, and it's gone. And she comes to a place out of despair, out of hopelessness, and all she's wanting to do is take care of his beaten, bruised body that's, that's been tortured. And even that, she doesn't have the satisfaction of even meeting him in his death. It's been stolen in her mind. 
The whole idea of God is completely gone. Where did he go? I can't even touch him. Heartache upon heartache. And her soul just can't take any more disappointments about who God was or who Jesus was and how it just seems to be getting robbed in her life. And yet she's devoted and she's still clinging on to Jesus as much as she can. And she's desperate and she's crying and she's broken and she doesn't know where to go. And she feels lost again and she's full of fear and disappointment. And she's surrounded by darkness all around. And then in an instance, a familiar presence came beside her. The presence of one that she's been looking for is right there with her, but in her sadness and in her tears, it has clouded her vision that she did not recognize Jesus. The hope of Easter is in that place where it's hard for us to find anything good out of a situation that we're facing. The hope of Easter is to find expectation when we have lost all expectation. But the voice of Jesus on Easter morning today would penetrate the darkness. What Mary saw that Easter morning would change her life forever. And it changes ours. Jesus met her. What's interesting about this is that Jesus didn't go anywhere, but he waited at the tomb. He could have left. He could have met her before she got going. He could have met her. He, he could have seen her before she even went. He could have met her in sadness and, and despair before that even came. But he allowed her to come to the tomb to see what was empty so that he could, be, he could meet her at her darkest, deepest moment and provo- pro- provide his voice in that moment that would bring her out. Mary looked at him and because she needed him and we all needed need him. He heard she heard the voice of Jesus. And all he had to do was call her by name. Mary. That was it. She saw him, she didn't recognize him, but she heard the voice of God speaking to her soul, calling her out by name as an individual in her sadness and in her tears. She looked up and cried out to him and ran to him. The embrace that must have happened, Jesus knew exactly what she needed. And he was there for her. He knew that she was searching for him. And he stood there and he says, she doesn't recognize me, but she's going to recognize my voice when I call her by name. And as she looked at him, she embraced him and they had a brace and they had, they, they had joy. And in an instant, all fear, all worry, all doubt was obliterated. And all of that anxiety and all those questions were just gone in an instant by a name that he called out. was her name. He said, Mary, I'm here for you. In an instant, the power and the message and the hope of the resurrection 
brought someone out, in an instant changed everything about her life. All things that she was living in at that moment changed in an instant by a voice, by a word, by a name, by His presence. She realized that everything that she knew or thought about Him had been changed and altered. He wasn't dead. He was God and He is alive. It's an understanding that she realized today, this morning, that changed her life. And what did He do? He said, don't cling to me. He said, but I have a message that's for the world and I need you to go tell them. You and I, who know the hope and have been called by name, through Jesus, have a message that we cannot hold to by ourselves. He says, you have a message that I am giving you that you need to go and tell. And that's exactly what she did. He says, you don't need to stay here with me. You've seen me. You know me. You have everything that you need in your life. Now, I want you to go tell my disciples. Jesus didn't even go tell them. It was Mary that went. The power of the message of Jesus in your life has the power to influence and change the world and change someone's world. The powerful, awesome responsibility that he's given you and I from this message that he has given us of hope, of restoration, and expectation, he gives it to us in a flash and in an instant. Take what you have learned and take what you have experienced And give that message to others. The hope of Easter is powerful because he speaks to ordinary people who are in a dark place. Who need his love. Who need his presence. Who need his life to change their lives. And by the sound of his voice, the power of Easter and the resurrection power is for your life too. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. We're all in the same boat that we need this power to change our lives. We've all experienced pain. We've all experienced death of a loved one. We, all, we are all going to experience death ourselves. We need freedom. Can I just say, not just from yesterday, but from today. And tomorrow, we need hope that, that God does have a plan. And in the middle of the darkest moments of our lives, sometimes he re- reveals his greatest power. And that's exactly what happened in Easter, at the Easter morning. We have the same thing, the same message, and we need the same healing, and it's provided the same way 2,000 years ago as it is today. And there is victory in Jesus through the resurrection and he is giving that message to you today rescuing you and delivering you from the dead things in your life we all need that message we all need that hope that God will deliver us and make things new in our lives and he can do that through the power of his name And when He calls you by name, He is calling you out of something dead 
something old and into something new and something fresh and something beautiful. Turning your darkness into joy and turning your despair into hope. Turning uncertainty into confidence. Breaking chains and providing freedom. Today, I cannot preach a message like this without sharing the same message that Jesus told Mary to share. And that Jesus is here for you. You may have come here with no hope, no expectation. You may have come here. You may have been wrestling in the dark. You may have come here just because it's Easter. And that's just what people do. And that's okay. God knows exactly why you're here. It's not an accident. It is on purpose and it is intentional. And Jesus sees you, knows you, and is calling you now, called you and calling you by your first name. He is calling you into a place of freedom. Freedom from yesterday, freedom from today, and freedom for tomorrow. It's a new life, and it's only found when we respond to the call of Jesus speaking your name. Today, that same voice is calling. I don't want you to miss out. Mary could have missed it. But she was willing to respond to a voice, to recognize His voice calling her, to heal her pain that she was in. And all she had to do was turn to Him. So I'm going to ask us to stand together and I want to ask a very important question to you. You are here today presented the same opportunity and the same message. The message of hope that Jesus is calling you by name you can find a hope that is out of your circumstances, a, a, a hope that will pull you out of a darkness and a despair, a hope that will bring you into a new life, a new joy, a new freedom. And all it takes is a little bit of faith to hear His voice and He will move mountains in your life. And if you want a new life that is free from the darkness and letdowns of expectations to be set free from your current life, have a new identity, and walk out of here having peace with God. I want to invite you to respond to a voice that Jesus is speaking into your heart right now. That Jesus wants to give you the gift of a better life. A life that is full. Full of His presence. You'll never, ever, ever walk alone again. So I'm going to close our eyes. Bow our heads.
I want to ask, is there anyone here who would like to respond that Jesus is speaking into your heart and your soul, speaking His love, speaking His provision for you, saying all you have to do is say yes to me, and I will give you everything I have. I'll fight your battles. I will be with you. There's going to be a peace that you've never experienced before. You're going to have a freedom. You're going to have rest. Is there anyone here who would just raise their hand and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to respond to Jesus for the first time. And say, I want you today to bring me peace and joy. Yes, there. Say yes to Jesus. I need your saving love for the first time. Anybody for the first time has never said that prayer, said, I need you, Jesus, today. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to come pray with you. I want to come see you and pray with you. And let's pray together. And then we're going to close with this last song that we sang before. Where I'm free. And those of us who have experienced freedom, when we sing with, we're free, let's sing it like we mean it and believe it. Because it's true. You have been set free. And we get to live in a new freedom. Father, I thank you for your love, your grace, and your provision. I thank you for setting us free. Jesus, you know every single person here, and you've called us by name, and we thank you for that. And every, When you were on the cross, you thought of us. And in the resurrection, it was provided for us freedom. God, we thank you for the strength that we have every single day when we think about the power in you. God, we, we look to you today with eyes of excitement, anticipation, and hope for tomorrow. God, we know that you're, you are with us and that you have provided so much hope for us. We thank you for the message of hope that you've given us through the message of Easter, the Resurrection Sunday. Take our hearts, God, as we go this week and celebrate you and the victory that we have. Be with us. In Jesus' name, we are set free. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on Northview Church, please visit northviewutah.com.